Hello and welcome to Travel Radio Podcast. I am your host, Megan Chaffa, and I just want to thank everyone who has reached out over the last weeks to ask if I was okay because they noticed that the podcast had stopped coming out. Yes, I am okay. It was a chaotic summer, to put it mildly, and I just had to spend some time doing family and kid things, um, which, which was wonderful. So things are coming back, and anyway... Thank you, everyone. Especially thank you, Kathy Seifert, for reaching out. I appreciate it. And and everyone else who was just in touch. It was really nice to hear from you. A couple things of note. On the website, TravelRadioPodcast.com, you will find playlists. So if you are looking for Mexico or maybe all episodes by travel writers, you can find groups of podcasts. So you don't have to search back into 200 episodes or something like that. You can find them grouped together and I'll be working on some more playlists to make the content more accessible very shortly. And then uh, one additional and exciting piece of news is that Travel Radio Podcast was picked up by USA Today as a top 10 travel podcast to watch and listen to really to listen to. And I'm not sure when that article will come out, but it will be coming out soon. I also have a couple pieces out in Military Families Magazine on the future of cruising. It got really truncated. I used to have a lot of links in there, really good links as to keep it current as to whenever it got printed. But it's still a good episode. It's still a great addition of, um, you know, it's a special insert on, on vacationing and traveling uh, that's coming out in there. And they have one more that's not out yet. But things are exciting and I don't want to hold you up any longer from hearing this episode with the ever vibrant Catherine Parker Magyar featuring the country of Slovenia, which is just a largely undiscovered fairy tale destination at a price point that families can really get into some European travel if maybe the the eye-popping price tag of Switzerland was keeping you away from that region. I mean, check out Slovenia and to, to whet your appetite for that, I won't keep you any longer. Enjoy this episode featuring Catherine Parker Magyar on the destination of Slovenia. Let's talk about Slovenia. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so right. we last time we recorded Chichen Itza, great interview uh, for anyone that's going to be on the you know the eastern or uh, part of Mexico, especially if you're in like the Riviera Maya Cancun area. This is uh, definitely within reach for you. Check that episode out. It's it's a great way to connect deeper with the culture beyond you know the resort area. So please check that episode out. But um, when we talked about that, you said, if you're ever interested in recording on Slovenia, let me know. And I, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and I would love to because I recognize that it's a destination that I think people, if they, people knew more about it, they would want to go. And it's something that I've looked into, but haven't been able to make happen. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I'm interested to know, like, you know, why Slovenia, uh, of all the things you could have pitched me because you've been many places. So the thing about Slovenia is that I really truly believe, and it, I mean, it's on the precipice of becoming, of becoming huge, I feel, because mm-hmm. there are people, people are becoming more and more attuned to what it's all about. But basically I visited Slovenia like in the before times, pre-COVID, BC, before COVID in 2019 and in the fall of 2019. And there's this saying like Slovenia is Europe, like in miniature. And I found that to be like so true. Like the country is the size of New Jersey. 
and it has like these insane like you have these insane beautiful blue lakes like you obviously have the alps but then you have these medieval castles that are literally emerging from a mountaintop Mm. insane ground caves and then just like beautiful old town squares and architecture and cities like and here's, I do have to, we'll get a bit into the history of Slovenia, but the language, like Slovene, is difficult. But so it's called Ljubljana, Ljubljana is like uh, the main city. Yes, there's going to be a lot. There are a lot of um, consonants similar to Hungarian in the yeah. Slovenian language that are a little bit difficult. But um, it's just like, I was, it reminded me so much of like a mixture between like Austria Switzerland and then Italy there's got there's this amazingly underrated wine region and I think if you like consider about where Slovenia actually is located like it borders Italy Austria Hungary and Croatia Mm. so it's sort of like in this coastline it's you know for being the size of New Jersey like the amount of diversity that it has they don't have Bruce Springsteen but I don't think anywhere but the great state of New Jersey can boast that so we won't hold it against them (laughs) but like it is so, I mean, I'm obviously from New Jersey, but it is so road trippable and it's so, and it's so much less expensive than like, and I love Switzerland. I really do. It's one of my favorite cities to travel to, but you can get some of these like amazing, amazing, like really nice hotels too, that are in these like beautiful Alpine villages. Mm. And it's really, it hasn't blown up yet. So I really want to talk about it. Yeah, that appeals to me. I mean, I want to see the places, like, for example, I wanted to see the the Eiffel Tower. I've seen it twice, but people can ruin those things, right? So I want to see those places, but I also like space. I like the space to Mm -hmm. take it in on my own terms without either being, you know, rushed along or bumped into. So I I like the idea of Slovenia. It's nice. So then uh, let's play this game. Um, you know, and kind of motivate people to start planning to Slovenia. So mm-hmm. can you finish this sentence for travelers mm-hmm. that want to go to the popular country of X, maybe consider Slovenia instead. For travelers looking to go to the popular country of Switzerland, ah. maybe consider Slovenia instead. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so then what similarities is there between these countries and, and what, you know, why would you choose Slovenia? So aside from the alliteration and the fact that they're both European nations, (laughs) on a visual level, Switzerland and Slovenia, and similar also with like the Austrian countryside as well. But, you know, when you picture, when you picture sort of like the idyllic West countryside, like the rolling hills, like the bucolic pastures and the cows and then the Alps in the background and, you know, the beautiful blue lakes, like that's, that's all there too, like in Slovenia. And also, though, the thing about Slovenia is that it, because it is a little, it is underrated. Like, people don't really know about it as much yet. Like, when I was going to Slovenia, um, Turkish Airlines flies everywhere. Have to have to plug them because, truly, I've flown Turkish everywhere in, in the world. Did you get but it registered so for the points yet? No. No, I'm still <laughs> transferring them over. I'm still struggling. But, like, I've it's so funny because I was like, yeah, where, like, where have I had to navigate my flights? And it was like Kathmandu and Ljubljana. Oh my God. I'm going to count. I'm going to be so, I need to figure out how to say it. Ljubljana, Ljubljana. There we go. Slovenia. But there weren't really, you know, so 
there weren't really direct flights that I could acquire in the U.S. So I did a stopover program in, um, which was actually really sick in Cappadocia and Istanbul. Oh. And then I went up to Slovenia and there just aren't a lot of American travelers. Um, but beyond that too, it's such an interesting country because, okay, so this is where I guess we're going to go into what makes it a little bit unique. Um, I guess when I was in the first time I was really around like Eastern Europe or Central Europe and is when I was in college and I was doing a road trip with my family and we like, I met my family in Austria, but they'd started out up in Poland or Germany. And we were the end, the end result was going to be Romania, which I foolishly flew home early to like go to Bermuda with my college boyfriend, which was so dumb. I still have not been to Romania, which are my home people. Like my I'm 50% Romanian Hungarian. So I feel comfortable saying this because I, this is me and I love it. But when we were going East, people were like, Oh my God, why would you go to like the former communist bloc? Like there is this, there's sort of this perception, you know what I mean? Around that part of uh, Europe that it's sort of grittier. And to be quite honest, like it, it is, you know what I mean? Like it is a little bit grittier, but like, I mean, I personally, I was in Hungary recently. I'm obsessed with, I'm obsessed with Hungary, not just because my people, Mm. Romania, Prince Charles, five country homes in Romania. Romania's been making a comeback, I'm telling you. <laughs> but I people also like sort of don't know where Slovenia is. And they also can sort of conflate it with Slovakia as well, which is this I which I really like Slovakia, but it's a totally different energy. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like when we were talking about travelers who like to vacation and travelers who like to travel, yep. I would say Slovakia isn't for everyone, but like Slovenia is for everyone. You know what I mean? Like you, and, but not everyone knows about it yet, which is Mm -hmm. why I feel like it's, it's great because like, I, I, for one, I mean, I feel like Slovenia, who's the most famous like Slovenian in America right now is like Melania Trump. Do you know what I mean? And it was funny because when you were there, they were like, yeah, well, we've got, but like, we've got Melania and like it drove Google searches to our country, but a lot of people don't know much about it. And it's fascinating because I mean, I think it was in 1990 that like Slovenia used to be part of Yugoslavia. And then in 1990, they officially, you know, became the Republic of Slovenia and no longer a socialist country. So it's still in a sort of a position of transition and sort of an interesting balance where I feel like, I just feel like based on the way that it looks, I mean, and when I say the way that it looks, I just mean that there's a lot of like astounding natural beauty there. Like just these underground caves that are called, that are called postoina, mm. like the postoina cave. It's like limestone. It's a limestone, insane, magical wonderland that is right next to this castle called Predyama that looks like something out of a fairy tale. Like mm. it's, it's a castle that looks like it's emerging from a mountainous rock face and then you know and then you go into like the the forest and there's just like I mean I can I'm wax I'm waxing poetic but like it's it's very beautiful and it's like very pristine and then you go further then you go further towards Italy and then you've got this amazing wine region which like with really really good wine that's also like not that's sort of that's also really underrated too and like my biggest regret was that I wish I'd spent more time there like everywhere I went I was I want to do this. I want to do that. And I just feel like there, I love traveling in Europe. I do. And like, yeah. you were talking about this, like the Eiffel Tower. I, like, I love Paris. I love London. You know what I mean? I love like Tuscany, but it's so fun to discover a new place on the continent that 
really, you know what I mean? Like I, I didn't, I wanted to go to Slovenia, but I wasn't obsessed by it as much as like some of my friends were other writers were like, we got to go, we got to go. Right. And then I got there and I was like, oh, God, I've been sleeping on this, which is why I was just like, I would love to do a whole story on it. But awesome. I think it's also people do that like Alpine, like you can go skiing there, Lake Bled. I'm a, I really, it's really beautiful. Lake Bled. And they have like, they have various like ski mountains, obviously like there are more challenging ones and easier ones. They're not as, you know, famously difficult as the Matterhorn. But I feel like it's like an entree into like into the Alps. That's yes. more accessible price wise and more of a revelation as well. Yeah. Our neighbors in Oxford actually they would go to Slovenia for like they'd take their college student age children. And that's where they would go over the over the winter. They're like, we've been to the Alps, but we can go to Slovenia, and it's you know, and we can really, uh, I was gonna say, get more vacation for our dollars, if you will, pounds for them. But um, yeah, you can, you yeah. can, and it's a very active country. Like, it's, I mean, there's like cave kayaking, rappelling, bungee jumping, pretty much every outdoor activity you can possibly canyoning, and I just wanted to do all of them. You know, mm. like I could see why people. Like go back and back but I feel like also because I traveled a lot in Europe or like I feel like I'm woefully under traveled in certain areas of the world but I, I felt like okay I've sort of I've done a lot of Europe because Europe's also sort of easier to do because it's drivable you know yeah. whenever I'm like a like or like a friend who like lives in London or something and they're like oh I've been to so many more countries than Americans I'm like you going to Paris is like me going to Cape Cod for a long weekend you know what I mean like it's <laughs> But yeah, Slovenia is just like hidden gems. So. Yeah, that that's always I have the same I had the same experience multiple times, and I was like, yeah, but those countries are like a state for me. Do you know how many U.S. states I've been to? Like, you know, I don't know, like forty almost or something. It's like uh, I don't know what to tell you. And then they're like, the public transportation in the U.S. is so bad. I'm like, yeah, but you guys have been working the same plot of land that's the size of one of our states yeah. for. For thousands of years, like, I'm glad you've done it. Like, <laughs> we're yeah. not there yet. But give us a give us a couple thousand years. We'll be there. Hundreds, hopefully. But, you know. Five, like, there's a tram. There's this rail, the, like, railroad that goes across the country that actually Katie Weaver wrote about in the New York Times a couple of years ago, taking, like, the cross-country railroad. And she was like, there's no reason for this to exist. Because when it was built, you know, there was, it was built before a lot of like different towns developed. And so you, you think to yourself, okay, this is going to become a hub of activity or this well, but a lot of these places and thank God in the West are still very open, mm-hmm. you know? So you've got this that just goes through like the, the desert in New Mexico and, you know, it goes through like the Mount, the Rocky mountains. And there isn't, I think it's like important to preserve our open spaces. So I would tell the Europeans to relax with our public transport. Like New York is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> New York City. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, but yeah, anyway, we can get into that uh, another time, but um, let's talk about, you know, a meal that, because I have some other questions, but we've loosely covered them just in our dialogue. So I'm going to pass over them, but I want to talk about a meal that you must try in Slovenia. Okay, so all of the dumplings are amazing. So basically, when I say dumplings, I'm not talking like Chinese dumplings. Picture more of like a, more like a pastry. Ah. Kind of, but it's, yes, but it's like sort of like the national dish, but it's, but it, I mean, there are like different types of, 
of um, dumplings you can have, but like I mainly have them for breakfast. But what I would say though is you need to go. There are three restaurants that like are three of the best restaurants I've actually ever been to. One is Isa Franco, which is like really famous, and it's with this um, chef Anna Rose. I swear to God, I feel like I'm not going to be great with these pronunciations. As a writer, I struggled when I was in the country taking notes. I was like, how could I do this phonetically? And yeah. then um, also, which is funny because I'm like, I'm fine in China. I'm fine in Jordan. I struggle with Slovenia and Hungary. It's too much. And then also, you can if you go to JB Restaurant, which is like another chef, Janez Braslop. And mm. it's the first Slovenian restaurant to be named like the world's 50 best restaurants. And then dinner at Blood Castle. But, like, they're, like, they, it's, I'm not a huge foodie, but, like, the art of, like, the preparation there. And, I mean, what I really took away from it, particularly at Yusuf Franco, is, like, the tiny meals or, like, the sampler, like, you know, almost like a 20-course meal of, like, amuse-bouches. <laughs> oh, which that's I'm, perfect for me. Yes. Yes. There's, like, actually, like, a really flourishing foodie scene in Slovenia. And I feel like the culinary influences, like, reflect, I mean, some of that, like, the dumplings, like, there are definitely Slovenian dishes, but just based on its geography, like, all those countries are also, like, influenced and impacted by one another. And it was interesting for me when I would go, like, because just, like, traveling around the country, we would cross through the Italian border and then on the way back out, and then we're like, oh, we can just pop over to Hungary right now. <laughs> but it's similar to Switzerland in that way, where, you know, when you're in like the German part of Switzerland, but not German, but the German speaking or the French speaking, and mm-hmm. you have a different flavor, that's sort of how Slovenia is, except for, you know, everyone's speaking Slovenian, but most people do speak English. I mean, it's such a stereotype where like everywhere you go, like it's the Americans, you don't really communicate, but I would say it was one of the harder countries I had, um, just in terms of like the reading comprehension and being able right. to communicate so notes on my phone and I would just write down and this is something I do in every country and like I would phonetically write down how to say something in the language yeah so I yeah, mean I, I can say yeah giwa yasem yasem kakusi I can say hi I'm Katie what's up I'm great thank you so much it's delicious I'd love a drink like little things I love it here But I find that's like really helpful, but also Google trans, because this is the thing is for me, I try to do it phonetically. So when I read it, I can get as close as it should be said, but I feel like people and in the Maldives too, really like shukriya means thank you. Like just doing this a little, just trying, you know, I think that people get nervous and there's this whole thing and people are like, oh, the French are me. But I find like people in Paris are maybe... I can speak a bit of French, but definitely I sound like an, a Valley girl speaking French and people, it's a sign of respect, you know? Yeah. So, and then they'll tell you, so the, your French is horrible. I'll speak to you in English now, but they like it that you tried. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Or even just like, you know, I always, and that's something where I was saying, like when you travel, like think about like when people come in, I feel like people who don't speak English in America are treated so disrespectfully. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's like, why should we? another country and expect you know it's just hypocritical but so I would recommend downloading the Google Translate app that has gotten me out of so many jams in my life where you pretty much just speak in your in English and then the app can speak in whatever language you want to speak to to the other person like in China when I like was burglarized by this whole like scheme with this cab driver and I was trying to explain to another cab driver 
basically when I was leaving um, Tiananmen Square, the driver was like, oh, your money isn't good and giving it back to me. But I guess he was taking actually my yen and giving me back Monopoly money. So <sighs> the next I was going into, I was paying them in Monopoly money. And they were like, no, this is no good. And like, we're freaking out because they're like, this isn't real money. Like, are you trying to get out of the cab? So finally, it was like, I don't know what's going on. And that, that saved us. Yes, the Google Translate app and download the, download the map of where you are before. It, particularly yeah. because I would say Slovenia is a great place to road trip, like really great place to road trip. And oh, awesome. I, that is like just something to do. Also, because you're going to go through stretches. It's not a huge country, but there were definitely areas I had no idea where I was. And I was like, great, I have this little app that somewhat lead me. But it's like very navigable. You know, I think that aside from the language, which hung- Hungarian is still the worst, like the best and the worst. But I remember I was in Budapest and they were like, because one word in Hungarian can be like a hundred, a hundred letters. You know what I mean? They're like, well, that's why we have so many Nobel Prize, Peace Prize winners, which they do. They have all of these geniuses. They're like, because they had to master our language. So there's pride in it. Just if you're used to speaking English, all the consonants are going to really throw you. Yeah. There was a program that my husband was um, nominated for, for the Air Force, and you have to learn a language to do it. And, you know, one of the, one of the, places that they were looking to send someone was Hungary and the I think it's the um armed forces school for languages I don't know it's in California but actually there's a ton of free language resources on there that people can just use um but it says Hungary was like the impenetrable language I'm like can we choose someplace else (laughs) I can't even say my last name my last name means Hungarian like if you go if you travel around Hungary, you'll see that Magyar is on everything, oh. but it's not pronounced It's like Major. But oh. um, this lady was like trying to teach me how to say, she's like, you can't even say your name. I'm like, I know, but these, I don't get it. But yeah, I love Hungary. I'll plug mm. for Hungary, right? The best. And it's fun. Mm. I mean, I didn't love Liana, so I can't speak to that. But Budapest is like, well, I mean, they're trying to move like that. They have that reputation now as being like the bachelorette or in England, hen party, you know, a stag do spot, but it <laughs> is. Stag do, yes. Oh my God. The, the Jewish quarter is like, and all of the, like, my God, what are the name of those bars? I'm going to lose my mind right now. I know what you're I, talking about, but I can't remember the name of them. Like in the, in the ruins. Uh, yes. Ruin bars. Yes. Hungarian ruin bars. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thank you. That would be crazy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, because yeah, so, we were in Austria, and I was like, "Oh, we should just pop over the border." But I was like, "The kids aren't going to appreciate the ruined bars." But anyway, another time. <laughs> I mean, they might. It looks like it. It honestly looks like something out of a timber and film. Some of these places. Mm. So, so maybe they could get into it on level. <laughs> yeah. So let's try another analogy game then. If Virginia is for lovers, Slovenia is for. Day trippers. Slovenia is for day trippers. Just because it's small enough that you can like go and do a different activity, like you every single day, yeah, and like have the most active, like involved vacation. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes, you know, when you go somewhere, it's like okay, I'm I'm going on a mountain, I'm going on a mountain retreat, or I'm gonna yeah. go and I'm going to like I'm going to the lake. But like in Slovenia, you can just go from like a cast, you can go from like an historic old town square to skiing in the Alps to going like cave, to going kayaking in some underground caves 
to like going out to like a five star or however Michelin star to the max meal in this like chic little village. Like there's just so much to do. Right. And it's so achievable, you know, and that's you could what, stay that's in one hotel the whole time. Like you wouldn't have to repack. Yeah. You really wouldn't like, I, we moved hotels a bit because I think if you're going to go to different regions, like we stayed, our last nights were in the wine region, mm-hmm. which was amazing. And like, I think that if you want to like go situate yourself in different parts of the country, but like the way that I grew up traveling, like with my family, it would be like, no, we're just going to wake up in the morning and take a three hour drive. <laughs> but you can, yeah, like there's, but you can have one home base and do different day trips because the whole, like, it, it's, it's the size of New Jersey. You know, it's, it's really, it's maybe a little bigger, but it's, it's quite navigable. Nice. So then do you have, did you have any mishaps or like maybe cautionary tales that future travelers should learn from, or maybe, you know, uh, for a travel professional that may be looking to send clients someplace like this? I would book the out, book outdoor adventure activities. Like I didn't realize how much it was an adventure destination in Slovenia. I mm. did, but like when I was there and like, there's just a huge culture of like outdoor, like ex- exploration. Do you know what I mean? Like canyoning, mm-hmm. cave kayaking, is that bungee jumping, rappelling, like it's just like super outdoorsy. And what I did and I'm happy I did it. Cause I feel like it gave me sort of a great overview of everything in Slovenia, but it was more like I, which is why it's great for day trippers. I was like, I'm sampling this, I'm sampling that, I'm sampling this. Mm. Like, I wish I'd spent a day, like, rappelling down into a cave. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. just a lot of, and it's and it's not crowded. And that's the other thing, too, is that, like, you can go on these sort of into-the-wild adventures for not a ton of money and just be, like, one with, with nature in the middle of Europe, which is kind of rare, in the middle of the Alps. Yeah. You know? And that, maybe you'll find your uh, your next animal pal. I know. I know. I mean, the cows, I was in, I was invested in the cows, but like, yeah, I wish I'd spent more. I wish I'd spent more time in the Alpine, um, in the Alps there because they're, it's spectacularly beautiful. I mean, I love the wine country too. I love Ljubljana looks, Ljubljana is like very colorful. I'm trying to describe what the city looks like. It's very clean and pretty, but like very bright. It's like bright pastel colors and the castle, there's like the castle right in the center. It's, it's almost like if Prague was painted was painted in pastels and oh. had whiteish. I'm trying. I hope that that is a faithful depiction. I think I that think, it is. I think you. Yeah, I think we can use that because I've seen the pictures. So I think. I mean, I yeah. I've done some stalking prior to our interview. So I think that that's a fair characterist. You know, characterization of of the city. That's cool. You know. What I'm- we have Curacao. So Curacao, like the old town Curacao, it's like different pastel, like a pink building, a yellow building, do you know what I mean? Right. An orange building. And I think people are familiar with that just because it's sort of iconic. It sort of had a little bit of that flavor, yeah, mixed with a bit of Prague. And then mixed, which is sort of unsurprising because it's bordering Croatia, but Dubrovnik, like the seaside town in Croatia, even mm-hmm. though it's like on a river, it's on the ocean, like, but that's those sort of orange roofs and that, that oh. sort of... Yes. You know, that ambiance, very pretty. It is very, very pretty. So like, there's just so many different things that you can, that you can do there. I just think it's so amazing to me that it has 
remains sort of relatively undiscovered. It's so, it's, and it's really affordable, which is great. You know what I mean? Like, it's yes. really great for also who want to have like a European vacation. And, but I think that it's going to be interesting because like, I really do feel that it's the moment in time when it's, when it is this affordable, but I don't think it's going to last like this forever. Right. Just because like, I, so I wrote a story in like fall of 2009, like for Forbes, like the places to visit this winter. I was like, visit Slovenia now because it's going like tourism is going to blow up. Like, you know, Switzerland is yes. like one of my favorite countries in the world, but it's not necessarily where you want to visit on your own dime. Like right. definitely someone else's dime. And like, <laughs> Go to a like, conference Slovenia, there. Yes. Yes. But like Slovenia, like it's amazing because what the tourism I mean, I'm speaking like too much like a traveler, but like what the country has to offer is so much higher than what it's charging right now. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can get incredible skills. And I mean, I think it's such a delicate balance because I think I was talking to you about this, Megan, maybe, but about like when I, or maybe we didn't, but like when I came back from Nepal and Ecuador, which are two of my favorite kind of trips ever. But Nepal is sort of like a race to the bottom in terms of like how much they charge guests. Like they have this huge backpacker culture and people come from America and literally spend $10 a day on their hotel room, which like how can someone afford to eat if you're only charging? Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's like this ethical battle. And with Slovenia, they definitely are known as a backpacker's destination, but they're also trying to establish themselves more as well as like you can have high end, you can have like more of like that skiing and different sort of like off the bean path adventures. And I think the cost will, will go up (laughs) is what I'm trying to say. And rightfully, rightfully so. Like, I think that also the economy, it will be great. Like, I think it will eventually be like also a huge boon to the entire industry of the company. But I'm saying right now you should go because it's not there. And COVID has delayed it a little bit longer. But even if you search, even if you Google Slovenia, everyone's like, oh, most underrated country in Europe. Like, everyone knows it. Every, everyone knows it, but nobody knows it. So <laughs> that's why I was, like, talking about it. Because, like, I think it is a moment in time. Like, I, I almost, I, I think about countries that have exploded. Like, like I feel like Peru had a huge moment. Portugal, Iceland. And there's nothing to, like, really dictate. I don't know. I'm not saying Slovenia will have a moment like that. But I think that Slovenia is going to become a spot. Well, partially let's, because let's of do it. Asset. Yeah, we are going to help it. And also it's just like, it's fascinating. I'm, I'm really interested in like the history of like, I don't know, the former Yugoslavia, like my family is Eastern European. And it's funny because people in Romania and Hungary, they're like, we're not Eastern European because there is like a negative connotation to it. But I'm like probably Eastern European. So Vigna has a different like history. It's not, it's, it is more Central Europe. Do you know what I mean? But it's still it's a fascinating history and a fascinating culture that I think a lot of people, you know, I love Western Europe, but it's a totally different energy. And yeah. if you don't expand beyond Western Europe, then you're really not getting the whole sense of the continent. Not like anyone ever fully could, but do you know what I'm saying? And I feel like yeah. Slovenia is almost like, I heard this great line that was like, Singapore is um, Asia beginner. Um, Bang- Bangkok is Asia intermediate and Kathmandu is Asia expert. <laughs> I would say like Slovenia. I would say that like you know, Paris is Europe beginner. Ljub- Ljubljana is Europe intermediate, and Bucharest is Europe expert. <laughs> That's funny. So uh, yeah, a year ago I would have said, you know, well, 
I mean, depending how you want to define it, I would have said, you know, London is Europe beginner, but. Oh, you know. totally. London is Europe beginner, but they, I, it's so funny. I'm like, I, so I studied abroad in London and I know it's obviously part of Europe, even though they have denial and they stupidly withdrew out of the European Union, but. I never, like, whenever I'm thinking about Europe, like, I always think about, like, more of the continent. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yep. yep, I do. Have you heard of the Slovenian tradition of doormouse trapping? Um, yes. And <laughs> I, so I love that you're bringing this up because, so my favorite animal is a rat. And what? So I, I just, like, I, I feel like rats are, like, it's become a term for me. It's like, let's be rats or, oh, he's a rat. Oh, that's rat. Whereas like, let's be bad. You know what I mean? Let's be disreputable because nobody respects rats. And like, as a New Yorker, our rats are so gross. The fact that like a doormouse would be a, like, basically it's a rare delicacy yes. in, in Slovenia. But what I think is so funny, like it's part of the national identity. I should have said this in my said food. I'm like dumplings. No, the mouse. But what I think is <laughs> think funny about it though, is that like, so I was hearing about this, but like, if you think about it, like, in the U.S., you know, people hunt for, like, turkeys or pigs or whatever. But I'm, like, a lot of times they're doing that. Like, the animals are, like, kind of released into an area where they're going to be shot at. But I like, which is, you know, there's less valor in that, I feel, than, like, actually having to do the subterfuge of, like, trapping a mouse. You know what I mean? Like, the entire prospect, the entire process of it is ridiculous. Well, but and I, the effort for, like, I mean, this is, like, worse than a chicken wing, like, how much meat are you actually getting? How many how many dormouse makes a meal? Like I don't I have know. To tell you, I had I feel like I sampled it, but like in one of my twenty course twenty course meals, and it didn't hit me either way. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. when I was in Mexico, and we were drinking tequila, and then they passed around crickets, I was like, oh, this seems unnecessary. And then I had a bite, and I'm like, I'm obsessed with crickets. Like crickets <laughs> are the best food ever. So I'm like, I really can't knock it if I'm over here being like, yeah, I would like dine on crickets all day if they're like finding their little dormouse. <laughs> you know what? This is and two travel writers now in a row. Brandon Berkson. I know. Brandon Berkson. Yeah. He gets these drinks with, uh, it was accident. Well, he asked for the house special. And so they, they served a cricket on top. They served a cricket on top to his gal pal who was with him and she screamed. And he's like, fine, I'll eat both of our crickets. And he's like, they were fine. I, I'd order crickets again. So... They're salty. They're amazing. Oh my god! And chicken feet in China, I love. But then I just remembered the chicken that I befriended in the Maldives, and it's upsetting. <laughs> like actually upsetting. So here's a uh, here's a wild tale. My dad, uh, SpringerPumps.com. That's my dad's company. Shout out to my dad. We move liquid, so anything that's in your fridge, if it was bottled in the Northeast, Upper Northeast. Uh, like a Godiva chocolates, all those sort of things. My dad's pumps move all of that liquid and get it properly portioned into all the places. That's what he does. But one of the things oh he also God. does, yeah. So like we get some pretty cool samples. Like we get like the mis- like the misshapen Godiva chocolates. They're like, here, Rick, take these home. You have five kids, go for it. So we've we were such snobs, you know, as ch- as children, we're like, Dad, please, no more, no more cheesecake, no more Godiva chocolate. It's too much. But um. <laughs> But one of the things he pumps and specializes in is these types of uh, pumps and equipment that can pump a slurry of chicken feet and not get the chicken feet caught up in 
you know, the, the grooves or whatever, like that can smoothly streamline pump chicken feet out of our chicken factories into holding containers to ship to China because, oh, yeah, because we don't eat I, them and there's no, we don't, there's no need to waste them. Send them to me. <laughs> hey, he's in, he's in Bucks <laughs> County. He's right over the river. So you just drive oh from God, <laughs> That's so funny. That that's so interesting. I yeah. feel, but I don't know. I think I, I feel like it's gonna take a bit before chicken feet really infiltrate. Yeah. You know what's funny is that well, I have a really Megan you know this, but like I have like a trashy Bravo love. I have a love for dumb Bravo shows and then we all have size of Dallas. Which I am ashamed to acknowledge, but actually not at all that I was watching this pandemic. There was an entire storyline around a chicken foot because someone was like, because you know that um, one of the cast members was like taking that, sharing that, sharing culture and her heritage and was like, try a chicken foot. And then this one lady took so much offense to it and like refused to eat it. And I was like, it's delicious. Like this is much to do about nothing. How do you eat a chicken foot? Is they it like fried? are kind of like, yeah, and it's kind of crispy. And I mean, the way that I had it was like, I don't know, China have the best food I've ever eaten in my life. Like, mm. and it's funny because I love cheese so much. And I'm like, oh, well, Italy and um, France, but like China, Chinese food, like I could, I could eat it until the day that I died. And like they have chicken food, they have, wow, chicken foot. They have chicken foot, like, snacks essentially that are just like look like chicken wings but they're just the feet you know what I'm saying like and they taste like a chicken wing but it's and just crispier interesting because I'm like thinking about the scale and like the texture of the skin on them like how would that go but you know I yeah I would I would try that I like a chicken wing I don't like to get my hands messy it's, like that but I would do it no it's like a cricket you know what I mean crickets have no meat in them but they're salty and, and- I have the weirdest case. I think that we're revealing ourselves. But, oh my God, how did we end up with chicken feet? I apologize. We, awesome. I feel like we did cover. I feel like we did cover a lot of Slovenia, though. I mean, it just go. You know, it's a small. It's funny because I feel like it's not like it's. It was an interesting destination for me to propose, also because I feel like it doesn't have some of the shock factor of other places. You know mm. what I mean? Because it is in Europe and it's in that. But still, it's just because it's a little bit maybe more familiar doesn't mean it's any less cool. Yeah, it's. I, I get what you're saying. Like, because it's nice and pleasant and safe and beautiful. There's not the, the like it's a it's wow factor. It, there's not the yeah. It's like. You go there and experience. You're like, wow, that the the wow factor is those things, but it's not like the, I don't know, they're not advertising like a danger thing or a cult crazy cultural yeah. thing. Yeah, it just it's just like people would think it's boring for being so charming almost. I don't uh, know. And it's it's got it's just so interesting and unique, but also I think I'm always so drawn to really far flying destinations, as you know. Yeah, and yeah. I was just so like pleasantly surprised by I just think that it's gonna I just can't believe that like it looks like Switzerland and it do you know what I'm saying and it's charging like Serbia mm. maybe not it's charging mm. a little bit more but I just can't believe how much of a steal it is I can't believe how underrated it is particularly right. because like I think Switzerland 
Like, I think that the Alps are such a bucket list trip for a lot of people are not even bucket list, but just like a favorite place. And it's like, I did a story on like underrated Alpine villages and like underrated places to ski in the Alps. Mm. Those always well, because I think people don't really recognize there are other places to go. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's just information overload too. There's just too much out there. But, um, if people are listening and you have pictures of Slovenia, when this episode comes out, let's share them. I have a lot of good ones. I will. I will. It's funny because a lot of my friends, too, were, like, so randomly, like, Slovenia, like, how was Slovenia, like, the best trip? You know what I mean? Like, everyone was like, what? Because it doesn't have, like, that name impact. You know what I mean? People are like, that was just insane. Yeah. You know, people, it is, it's, it is really beautiful. It's really cool. Yeah. Well, good. And well, I hope people take, take your advice. I hope that, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. Well then, um, I think that just about wraps it up. I think we did a good job covering that and the rest of the globe. And, <laughs> yeah. and, um, I'm just thankful that you continually agree to come on the podcast. Thank you. All right. This is Megan Chapa of the Travel Radio Podcast saying thank you for listening. And you can find all the playlists at TravelRadioPodcast.com forward slash playlist where you can also subscribe to the newsletter and get reminders and insights about things you might have missed over the week or over the last month. And that's how you can stay in touch with me and uh, all my guests. All right. Thank you, everyone. It's Megan Chapa saying have a great day. Bye.